Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 16. Now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up, so that when I come no collections will have to be made. Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you, for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and only make a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to go to you with the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labours at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. The churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meet at their house. All the brothers and sisters here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be cursed. Come, Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Paul has spent this letter casting a vision of a mature community. Mature believers come together to manifest the magnificence of the Trinity. Members don't draw attention to themselves. They don't vie for position or put one another down. Instead, a mature church organises herself around the person and practice of Jesus in purity and humility and, most of all, in that elusive pattern of relationship we call love. When addressing this, Paul had to tackle some tricky topics. We still find it hard to talk freely about how to respond to major sin in church, about what advice we should give to slaves, about the level of commitment we're expected to make to one another. Indeed, this letter has reminded us that the pursuit of real maturity can smell at times like a long drop toilet. But, Don't see this as a negative vision. Glory and delight abound in a maturity that brings us into fellowship with Jesus. We taste and know the honouring 
of Holy Spirit among us. We get to live like ones already enriched in every way, not lacking any gift. We get to be the New Testament temple. Oh, the joy of a local church when it even gets close to this vision of magnificence. But here in the last chapter, Paul zooms out to show that local churches don't stand alone. No church can really be independent. Churches should both support other churches and sit under the leadership of external leaders. The picture of united diversity within the local church should also be the picture of how local churches relate to one another. This is done through receiving other teachers in and through sending money out. These practices aren't just done off the cuff. They're intentionally built into every member's week. On the first day of the month, each Corinthian is invited to contribute to the collection for poorer believers in Jerusalem. And so every saint's life testifies not only to being part of one body, but part of an entire movement all across the globe. These actions don't just spread resources, but also draw all of God's people together in interdependent loving relationships. These kind of relationships are what Holy Spirit loves to bless because they speak unambiguously of the united diversity of the Trinity. In our internet age, there are so many ways we can invest in cross-church relationships. Let's ask Holy Spirit which ones we should pursue today. Here's a question for reflection. You are an intrinsic part of God's family that stretches all across the globe and all across the centuries. What does that mean to you? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.